members of the OG army get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the other ground live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Well, good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of the other ground live. I'm Passive J. That's Big Dalton over there. Say hello, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is August the 30th. It is a Sunday. We are off the heels of another UFC, and I'm ready to go to bed. How's it going, Jay? It is going fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, another good day at work. My workout this morning was goddamn amazing, uh, and generally just a good day overall. Uh, how did your day off go, sir? Uh, you know, my back's still kind of fucked up, so not great, but not terrible. It's another day. Oh, there you go. You know what they say, uh, it could always be worse. It's true. I could, I could have one last kidney and one last peck. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good with having both those. <laughs> well, there you go. And I'm glad I'm, and I'm just grateful to have one of each because zero would fucking suck. Yeah. I don't think you'd be alive with no kidneys. Uh, the peck you might be able to do without. I don't know. Like, wouldn't you kind of like just fold over or something? <laughs> Fuck if I know. I have two. I, I don't yeah, even know well, how it is with one. I've just got just the one doing double duty, sir. And and I have pa- I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm, they said I was missing the right major my minor. Uh, it's not like the very largest one. It's the one underneath it. You know. So it's probably not the major. Right. It'd probably be the minor. Uh, it's still it's still pretty major though. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. I will apologize for the barking in advance. My wife's daughter is visiting and the dogs are just fantastic over it. Yeah, sounds like it. It sounds like uh, quite the commotion there, Jack. Yeah. You know, you have a very professional podcast studio that you broadcast really out of. Oh, fuck yeah. It's, <laughs> you, you can, you'd be amazed at how professional it is. Uh, my wife does this thing whenever my daughter comes over, well, her daughter, my stepdaughter, that... Uh, she uh, g- gives her stuff like she starts rummaging through the house for stuff that she can give her daughter, you know, like food that we haven't eaten blouses or stuff that she doesn't want uh, a couple of articles of clothing that she got from the, pro, uh, from the pro shop, really cheap. Uh, another, another sweater that a member gave her just, <laughs> I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds like a, like an old, like grandmother thing to do. Yeah, well, I guess she's old enough to have grandkids. Uh, she's the same age as I am, so we're both ancient. <laughs> uh, I guess technically I am old enough to have grandkids, aren't I? Well, you, yeah, you are old as fuck, Jay. <laughs> 47 is not old as fuck. It's barely even middle-aged. I haven't even hit 50 yet. At 50, I'll start thinking about being old. Actually, probably 60. 60 you're not even old until you hit 60. When it, really, when it comes right down to it, you're not old, old until 70. Because there's plenty of people that pull off their 60s just fine, you know, as long as they're taking care of themselves. It's 70 when you really start to look your age and all that good shit. Jay, the Black Panther died at 43. You should you should be lucky that you made it to 47. Oh, you are I am. well over the hill. It's oh, only going well, downhill from here. It's, no, I'm getting better every day, sir. Um, speaking of which, uh, as you guys have mentioned, uh, as I'd mentioned to you guys before, uh, I didn't trust my scale anymore. Uh, so I ordered a cheap one uh, to you know, use instead, or at the very least, check it against it. And I am puzzled to report that other than one really weird uh, low 
uh, weighing the other day that I told you about when I weighed myself and I weighed like 191 and then weighed myself again and I weighed like 198, um, um, which both of them ended up being wrong, by the way. Uh, other than that day, I've been weighing myself right around 193, uh, which is weird because last week I weighed 186 and it seems very unlikely that I gained like seven pounds in, in a week. Uh, but I got another scale today and I checked it and it uh, turns out I did. I actually, I'm sorry, I wasn't weighing at 193. I was weighing at 191. So uh, it seemed like I'd gained five pounds because I was at 186. That's my best. But five pounds in a week seemed like a whole fucking bunch. So uh, I figured there was something up with the scale. Uh, the other scale that I got to today confirmed the same thing. I, I, I in, the, in the morning, not wearing anything without having eaten anything yet, I weigh 191. So somehow or another, I managed to gain five pounds in like less than a week. Or that other scale is just garbage and it's been off for a while. But yeah, either way, hey, at least you're actually putting on some fucking weight for once. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. Um, you know, at this rate, it won't take long, although I obviously don't think I'm going to be able to sustain that kind of uh, weight gain uh, for very long. I'm sure it'll slow down and catch, and catch up to where it's supposed to be because that much weight gain in a week it has either like you said either the scale was consistently wrong weighing me at 186 for a fairly long period of time because that's what i always weighed for like the last couple few months it varied between 183 to 186 but never higher than 186 then all of a sudden jumps up to uh 191 i'm probably full of poop yeah i would just say don't pay attention to the fucking weight on the scale just pay attention to how you look and how you feel that's really kind of all that matters well, yeah, the how I feel thing, yeah, that, that I can go along with it. I'm feeling pretty damn good. Uh, the how I look thing, I can't do that, dude. I, I think I might have body image issues because you know, I'll look at myself. I'm like, oh, I'm super fucking skinny. And then I look at myself and go, oh, well, maybe not bad from that. Oh, nope, still fucking, you know. Uh, but when I look down, I feel like I have a like a fairly large fat gut. You know, um, not a large gut, obviously, but it's very soft and flabby. So in certain ways, I'm worried about gaining all this weight because it's just going to make that shit worse. And what I'm saying is I don't think I should use what I see in the mirror as an indication of how I'm doing. <laughs> well, then have someone else tell you. Like, goddamn, yeah. Jay. Yeah, well, the weighing thing's okay because I don't really care what the specific weight is as long as it's telling me which direction I was going. Uh, and it only has to be accurate for that. Uh, and speaking of which, a weird thing, you know, we talked about the the other day how my old scale uh, measured a whole bunch of different things from BMI to fat percentages and this and that and the other. And we had agreed that you really couldn't trust that because, you know, who knows how accurate it is. And once again, I was just using it to see which direction I was going. Uh, the fucking cheap scale does that as well. And it gave me the same fucking numbers, dude. So, which is kind of weird because if it's not right, they're, they're, at least the technology is consistent within itself. But yeah, they're probably using the exact same sensors, Jay. Right, right, exactly. So I was like, well, I mean, who knows if the numbers are correct, but they're certainly consistent. Yeah, a very interesting scale talk. <laughs> well, interesting to me anyways. But the long and the short of it is uh, it has told me that I am making progress, which makes me happy. And this fucking morning's workout fucking rocked. I was actually pretty happy about it. I was into it. Well, that's good. What? Let me guess. It was chest day because it's the only thing you ever seem to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, chest day, which means uh, it was a wide grip uh, bench press, uh, then spotto bench press, which is the only thing that I wasn't able to do on my sets on because I bailed out of that a little early. But I was still pretty happy with it. Uh, then user's choice, which meant uh, for back, which meant bent over rows. Uh, then um, 
skull crushers and in uh, dumbbell uh, front lift. Sounds thrilling. It was great. I enjoyed it, actually, which is very weird for a workout. Uh, I, I probably because I'm all pumped up about thinking that I'm on testosterone. And I did some more research, and I don't really think I'm going to see a humongous difference from that because from what I understand, I'm on a pretty low dosage for it, uh, which is not surprising since my doctor didn't really think I needed it at all. So, or at least he didn't think it, you know, it was necessary. Uh, but he went ahead and did it because, you know, it, my testosterone is fairly low, uh, but he didn't give me like a ridiculous dose or anything like that. So I'm not, I don't expect all of a sudden you're like be building massive amount of muscles in short periods of time. I'm sure it's going to help a little bit, but I'm not expecting to see a gigantic difference in just the three months that he has me on uh, for now, for example. Well, regardless, you're on steroids, Jay. Act like it. <laughs> yeah, and that was the attitude I took. I was like, okay, I got this this uh, stuff pumping through me. Let's put it to good use. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, what you got to talk about today, sir? Well, did you catch the uh, the fights from last night? Uh, no, I haven't caught anything at all. It was a pretty busy day at work. Uh, I just barely had time to uh, post the results for our fantasy league this morning before I left for work. God damn it, Jay, you're slacking. Yeah, I know, but so so how did they go? Uh, it was a decent night of fights. Um, obviously, you know, I picked every single fight correctly, so there's that. Ah, did you see how close that in that uh, um, the points were on this one? Uh, it was a pretty uh, pretty even event for a lot of us. You scored a 79, and then I think like two people scored a 71, and then I scored like a 70. Uh, I don't, I didn't pick all the fights, but so, but I must have got the methods uh, a little bit closer than you uh, on a, on a couple of them for you to only be nine points ahead of me. Yeah, like I, well, so I got all of them correctly. So did uh, Bukaki. And yeah, like I don't know, I I'm I don't necessarily like the points on that site either. Like how you can have two people that picked every fight correctly, and then another person that actually had more points than one of those people, just because well, he did slightly better on finishes. Well, I don't think I had more points. Uh, I had seventy. No, I'm talking like... no. So I had I had like seventy nine. Camacom uh -huh. had like seventy seventy one or seventy two, and then like oh, a boy. point behind him was Bukaki. Who got every fight correctly? Camacom did not. Oh, and yet he was behind Camacom. So that's just show. Like it's just, I don't know. That scoring is is wrong. <laughs> well, I know. Oh, I see. He, he tied with Camacom. You had seventy nine Camacom and left left and uh, and Bukaki uh, had seventy one as well. While both uh, Homelander and I had seventy. So it was a really close uh, match for a lot of people. Uh, you were, you know, managed to pull it out in the end by a, a little bit of a margin, but everyone else is pretty much on the same score. Uh, and I don't know, it depends on how you look at it as far as the scoring goes. Uh, is it more impressive to say that uh, Anderson Silver is going to win the, win his match against Ryan Hall, or is it more impressive to say that Anderson uh, Silver is going to uh, win his match in the second round by with a submission? Because uh, then that's what they give you the extra points for, because that makes it a little more impressive, I suppose. And yeah, I think but it's you, just the scale that's just it's off somewhere. It's like yeah, it's more I, impressive to to predict two fights just having the winners correctly than pick one fight with the method correctly because obviously all you got to do is pick women's fights and pick decisions. Right. And all of a sudden picking a women's fight correct is better than picking the main event correctly just not having the method. Right, right. And you're right. I do think they skew a little bit too much toward the method and the round thing. 
Uh, I, I can't, I don't know what the fucking scoring system is. I can't find it, but it seems like it's five points for picking correctly who, and then like three points for what round or two points. You know, it's, I, I agree with you on that part, but it's not what you can do about it. I do like the fact that they, they give you some points for doing that. I, I believe that's a, the correct way to do it, but it might should be just like, uh, assuming that's a 10 point total, uh, like seven points for uh, picking uh, who won and then like two points for the method and one point for the uh, round. Yeah. Something like that. Just something yeah, but, seems off. Either yeah. way, I got every yeah. fucking fight. Correct. So, well, well congratulations. Uh, now, as far as the bets go, I did not do well this week, but I, I didn't really expect to all of my bettings, uh, long shots. So if you notice, I'm, I'm at minus two forty five for the event. Uh, I, I love, but I, uh, didn't get any of my bets correct, but I only bet $600. So it doesn't really hurt me too bad when it's off. And I can go two or three events uh, being off before I hit again. So that's part of the strategy. I might not uh, get another bet right for the rest of the season since there's only three uh, games, events left, rather. Yeah, but nobody cares about the betting, Jay. We've, we've well, established that. Well, you did, you did okay, dude. You, uh, you, you uh, made $1,318 off your bets. Uh, so... Which uh, puts your total at not too bad, actually. You're at two thousand eight hundred and fifty-three dollars uh, out of your thousand dollars over. And we've only done three or four events or something like that, so that's not a shabby total. Uh, a lot of people can't even do that good. Yeah, but I'm treating it like actual gambling, kind of like what Homelander just said. Like I'm treating it like actual gambling. If I was out there, and actually I did, I made the same picks on an actual betting site, right? And right. made like fourteen dollars or something like that. Right now, and, and speaking of Homelander, he's in second points for uh, second place for the betting at like seven thousand eight hundred. He's had a couple of good events, uh, so um, he, there's a good chance that if he bet aggressively in his next couple of events, and I fucked up, he could actually pass me up pretty easily. Uh, he, now that he has enough money to make like fuck you bets, so yeah, so he could think uh, take a really uh, good underdog that he thinks right and drop like five grand on it uh, and get like eight or nine back. You do that a couple times, and it's easy to get a lot of money. Um, uh, but he, he said he doesn't do aggressive. So yeah, me neither for the most part. As Like I said, I, I got like $40,000 uh, in my bankroll right now and I bet six hundred on the last event. <laughs> yeah, I don't bet much on there because again, I, I treat it like it's actually money, which means I'm not going to throw money on ridiculous long shots just hoping that they might win. Right, well, that's not what I do. I, I put money on, I put modest amounts of money and ridiculous long shots hoping that they're going to win <laughs> and, and yeah, it's that's still just no the, the the betting again it's just it's it's not a it's not a real thing yeah i don't know it's uh it's still fun though i enjoy it especially when i'm winning <laughs> uh so what uh, tell me about the fights uh how did the main event go so the main event, uh, Rockich is a bad motherfucker like he he has some hellacious fucking leg kicks Got it a couple points that that Smith may have been hurt. I don't know if he ended up injured at all, but like, yeah, there was a couple times he went down from those leg kicks, and I, I think the only criticism of Rockets in that fight was the third round, like he just kind of coasted. He ended uh, up taking Smith down and just kind of laying on him and doing enough not to get stood up. Whereas if he would have let him up and he just would have fucking blitzed the guy, like he could have got Smith out of there. So I think that's really the only criticism. And like uh, after the fight, he said he wants the winner of of uh, Reyes and uh, Jan Blankovic. 
like that's probably not going to happen because it wasn't that great of a showing in the third. It, like you just didn't have the killer instinct there. Uh, well, it was a smart tactic though. So we talk about fight I- IQ occasionally uh, and how some fighters have it and some fighters don't. He knew he'd won the first two rounds. As long as he didn't take any chances in the third round, he'd had the fight guaranteed. So is it like the most awesome tactic to watch? No, but it's, it's, it's a smart thing to do. It is and it isn't. When you're trying to position yourself to get a shot at a title, like you have to, and like this is the thing, right? It's not all about just wins and losses. Like you have to go out there and you have to have an impressive showing. So, right. if you're in a position where you could definitely, you know, get the other guy out of there, you kind of need to do that unless you want to just kind of middle around continually fighting, you know, like top five to 10 guys. I can see the validity of that statement because obviously most people aren't going to re- remember long term two awesome rounds he had. They're going to remember the third round where he played it safe. Well, yeah, they're going to remember that. God, that guy looked awesome, but when he got to the point that he could have fucking gotten the guy out of there and gotten a great finish, he decided, no, I'm just going to lay on him and take a decision. Like, if any, if we've learned anything in the entire time that Zufa and you know Dana White have been around. Like fighting for decisions is the way to get you out of the company as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's and there's several examples of that over the years. Uh, uh, fucking uh, John Finch was one of them. Uh, super talented guy, good fighter, and Dana fucking hated him. Um, fucking uh, the guy, who, my buddy fighter, whose name I can't pronounce, Elias Thera something something something. Theodora. Uh, Yes, uh, same same deal. He was cut out on a fucking loss, I think it was. I mean, it's it's. I like see. me on a win, rather. On a win. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the same reason that Ben Askren never got to the UFC until until way past his prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same reason he didn't have a super duper exciting fight style. I like watching Ben Askren fight just because uh, I'm a big fan of seeing someone use one dominating skill to take out you know people. Despite the fact that, you know, it was like the same thing with the Ronda Rousey thing. Everyone knew what to expect from Ronda Rousey. She's going to try to fucking armbar you. And I enjoyed watching her because she was so fucking good at it that these girls couldn't do anything about it, despite the fact they knew exactly what was coming. It was the same thing with Askren. You knew what he was going to do. It's your fucking fault if you can't do anything about it. Yeah, except with Ronda. Like, it was just it. The division itself was just so young. It was like watching Hoist Gracie in the first few UFCs. Right. <laughs> like, it's just, she, yeah, she had that one skill that she was very, very good at, and people couldn't figure out how not to get caught with it. So that's what happened. Right. And, and long term, I think she would have evolved at least a little bit as the division evolved, because if nothing else, her judo skills gave her pretty good ground skills. So she could do other submissions besides just a fucking arm bar. Uh, so I think she, if she hadn't had the wrong coach and got lured into thinking she was supposed to be standing and striking with these girls, I think she would have had a fairly long career undefeated. Because even if you, she caught someone who uh, was uh, able to defend the armbar, I'm pretty sure she could switch to something else pretty easy and get a submission anyways. I don't know, Jay. She, she should just stand and bang. I mean, did you see that? You see that shadow boxing? <laughs> the best boxing trainer on earth, Edmund ah. Targadugabuga, whatever his last name is. Yeah, that's just fucking sad. One of one of the worst uh, stories of MMA was having her career fucked up by that dude. I mean, I seriously, I think he not only did he fuck up a career, I'm pretty sure he's responsible well, responsible for her being an asshole on the Ultimate Fighter and turning the people against her. I'm pretty yeah. 
I'm not quite sure how, <laughs> but that's what I choose to believe. It wasn't sweet, nice Rossi, uh, Rhonda that we were, uh, getting on that show. It was, it was her coach coaching her emotionally. <laughs> I was bummed yeah, out. I, when I, I, that, I think there's also just the fact that she's, I think when she's in competition, which I mean, during that show, she's pretty much in competition. I think she's just a fucking psycho. Like a lot of you know high level athletes, but yeah, regardless, absolute worst coach in the world. And I don't think it helped because I think her knees went to shit too. But like, yeah, Glendale Fight Club. Yeah, that's that's a winner. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I hope so too because I was a big fan of fucking Ronda uh, before she did that show. You know, um, I enjoyed watching her. She start off in uh, like a uh, strike force and. I had heard things about her before she even got started there. So it was fun to watch her career. I felt like an MMA hipster knowing about her before she was, you know, famous and shit. Uh, so when she went heel on the ultimate fighter, it bummed me out quite a bit. I was pretty unhappy of watching someone I thought was awesome. turn out to be not that awesome. Well, hello there, Cheech. How you doing today, sir? Maybe no. Hello. Maybe not. <laughs> Well, we had, we thought he had a caller, but apparently he's of the quiet variety. So we're going to keep on talking and maybe he'll figure shit out along the way. Um, you ever is probably, probably if MMA, maybe some other, uh, types of celebrities. I know you're not into celebrity stuff too much. Did you ever find someone that out that someone you liked was fucking not awesome? Uh, no, I was never a big Bill Cosby fan. So I didn't have that experience like you did. Hmm. And you never like uh, found uh, found out that MMA fighters that you thought were pretty cool were just assholes. Because if nothing else, you read the stories about it on the UG sometimes about people meeting different MMA figures, and some of them are awesome and some of them are assholes. So I figured you might have had an experience like that since you've met a lot of MMA fighters. Not really. For the most part, like most fighters are just everyday fucking dudes and all pretty much pretty good guys. Diego Sanchez has a little bit of a screw loose. Matt Hughes is kind of a dick, but like you can tell he was kind of a dick. That wasn't a surprising thing. Right. But yeah, like other than that, Ken Shamrock's kind of a douchebag, but like you kind of expected that too. So yeah, I don't think there was really anyone I've ever really met or hung out with that like the expectation you had for them going in was vastly different than what you got. Yeah, yeah. Once like I'm typing to the chat box. Uh, Cheech says, I have him muted. I don't have you muted. I don't even see the ability to do that, to be honest with you. When I click on you, it doesn't say mute or unmute. So I couldn't speak on that, sir. Yeah, I think it's something to do with the microphones. Like, I've seen it before, too. Like, at least you would see the little, like, avatar kind of light up like they're trying to talk and you necessarily right. wouldn't have heard, heard anything. Right. But yeah, we didn't even have that. It was just yeah. dead. Yeah, maybe maybe try maybe hang it up and try calling back. Maybe uh, that's the only thing I can possibly think of because I am or just not take involved the, uh, in the process. Take the delivery van a, around the corner, get closer to a cell phone tower. That might be it. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. All right. Uh, well, you know, um, I have things to talk about as well. Most of them aren't as good as your things because they're mostly just me reading something, going, "Huh, that's fucked up," and then moving on before I actually do any research. Uh, but I was reading through Yahoo News, the source of all news here on the Other Ground Live, uh, and saw that uh, Ant-Man director reveals Paul Rudd and Evangelina Lilly will be equals. And my first thought was, okay, how's that a news line? <laughs> have you ever seen the uh, any of the Ant-Man movies? You said you've watched most of the Marvel ones, so I assume you have. Uh, yeah, well, they just have the one movie so far, right? 
two. There, there's Ant Man there and two? there's yeah, there's the sequel, Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're made so they're making. Apparently, it, it wasn't that memorable for some yeah, reason. It wasn't bad. I, I liked it better in the first one, honestly. Um, but uh, uh, I don't understand why the director felt the need to point out that they're going to be equals in the third movie. I was like, well, they were kind of equals in the second movie, except for that she was way better than him. <laughs> so you're saying you're going to tone her down to me be more at his level now? It just seemed like a really uh, self-serving, pandering statement in the first place. And you know, obviously, why he made it. You know, the entire you know, equal rights and the, all these different movements and things like that. But to me, it just seemed fucking like a ridiculous thing to say. I think you're just being a crotchety old man, Jay. Steroids yeah. got you, uh, got you a little amped up there, getting a little confrontational, getting a little <laughs> angry, maybe even borderline rage. Uh, it's entirely possible. <laughs> Fuck women's rights. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. I, yeah, I. Don't have any problem with the, the you know equal uh, equal billing and shit like that. I just seem like an unnecessary thing to say. Uh, speaking of unnecessary things to say, because I know the answer to this, did you watch the new Batman trailer at all? You asked this yesterday. Uh-huh, and I can't remember what you said. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Okay, and you're, not, I don't expect you to see it right now. But go to Google for a second and type in Colin Farrell Penguin. Uh, and you know who, what Colin Farrell looks like, obviously. But bring up an image of that uh, from. It'll be easy to do. Is it really stupid? Because if it's really stupid, it's just going to piss me off. No, no, no. I want to show you something so we can talk about it. So you know, just Google Colin Farrell penguin. Uh. Okay. Okay. Now bring up a, an image. It should it should show Colin Farrell. What? Yeah, I kind of did that, Jay. You told me to go Google some okay. guy to talk about All what right. he looks like. Okay. Uh, yes, that, obviously, I just went for text news stories. Uh, that's kind of what I figured. All right. Uh, <laughs> look at that picture. That's fucking Colin Farrell. Yeah. Do you know what Colin Farrell looks like, sir? Yeah. Okay, and you're not going, oh, my fucking God, that can't be uh, Colin Farrell. That's amazing. I mean, they, they do things with makeup, Jay. You are no fucking fun at all. You know that? <laughs> I mean, it's not as big of a transformation as they did with uh, the last when they did uh, Danny DeVito as the fucking penguin. Well, yeah, but that's yeah, more of a dramatic weirdo thing. Uh, I was more to the point where it didn't look like makeup. It looks like just another person standing there as opposed to like Colin Farrell with makeup or anybody with makeup. You wouldn't think you would just think that's a random fucking actor. Uh, it's a big deal on the internet. A lot of uh, a lot of us nerds are talking about it. Uh, so, like for for example, the guy the guy who's playing uh, Commissioner Gordon were, was so fucking confused that he didn't even realize that was Colin Farrell standing next to him. He's like, "Hey, how you doing, buddy? Uh, where's Colin at? I thought we were gonna do a shoot." <laughs> so, fucking, you know, I guess uh, you're not as you're not as easy to impress as some people. No, I think I, I just it, it's and I don't want to sound callous. It's more that I just don't care. <laughs> like it's cool no it's cool that it's colin farrell which means that it'll probably he'll probably do a decent job right and like it shouldn't this be seen as a positive oh yeah yeah it is because it's pretty we cool were just complaining yesterday about keanu reeves being keanu reeves right like, isn't yeah. this the exact opposite like yeah no you... allow better immersion oh it, it certainly will although a lot of people are saying why did you have colin farrell look like another normal person why don't you <laughs> if you didn't want someone that looked like Colin Farrell, why wouldn't you just hire someone who didn't look like Colin Farrell? 
if you know what I'm saying, uh, that, that I'm going to be interested in the movie just for this to see why they felt the need to put him in like makeup and process prosthetics. I'm said that wrong. Uh, to prosthetics. totally all prosthetics. Thank you. Uh, to all, totally alter how his face looks uh, when he still doesn't look like anything crazy. It's not like a, the like he's made out to be something that's not human or or whatever. It, it, I don't. You know what I'm saying on that? It it the, it doesn't make any sense for them to bother to do that. Well, I mean, looking at the picture, he looks more like the penguin than Colin Farrell looks like the penguin. Yeah, but he still looks like a pretty much like a normal dude. He's not deformed or anything like that. Uh, so I just don't understand if, why they wanted one one normal dude to look like another normal dude. I don't know. The movie's going to suck anyway. It's DC. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Uh, hopefully not, though. It'd be fun to watch it. Uh, I, I, I like most of the Batman movies. It, it's weird to me that like the... Uh, early late 80s ones and early 90s ones gets uh, such reverence because honestly though i compare it to the nolan ones those things are pretty campy you know like uh michael keaton did an okay job as batman he's an excellent actor but realistically speaking i was like ah, anybody could have done what he did really that's not that hard of a role uh and I, which is weird for me to say because i love the fucking batman movie when it came out when i was like 13 or 12 or something like that i'd have to look look back and see what date it came out uh, but watching it now with Jack Nicholson as the Joker, it's, he's, and it's weird cause he's such a good actor, but it's just such a ridiculous fucking role for him. I, I don't, I don't get the immersion of that at all. I'm like, well, there's Jack Nicholas acting like a crazy person. Well, if you think it's Jack Nicholas, then it really is immersive because Jack Nicholas is a golfer. Jack Nicholson. Jack yeah. Nicholson <laughs> is he, an, yeah. an actor. Yeah, yeah, you know. What no, I mean. it's just so like there's two things. There are things to be said about the original like Keaton Batman movies because at least they did go like full force to that way of betraying everything, right? So like I can I can respect the Keaton Batmans and I can respect the Christopher Nolan Batmans because like they both picked a side and went with it. Right, right. The thing that's going to be really fucking stupid is probably this new DC one will be somewhere in the middle and it's going to be the worst of both because Mm. that's kind of what DC is doing anymore. Right. Well, it'll be going to look back and be like, that was a steaming pile of shit. Let's just set it next (laughs) to the last nine DC movies. Right, right. Well, it'll be interesting. This this is the first time we've seen somebody do uh, a Batman movie where he's not where it's not an origin story and also it's not like the well-established Batman with the huge bat cave and all the, and all the different tricks and toys and gadgets he has. Uh, and you know, all this experience as being the world's greatest detective and uh, this huge rogues gallery of cr- criminals. This is like year one or year two. So he turned, it's not an origin story. He's already Batman, but he's only been Batman for not that long. So the premise interests me. Uh, so, uh, it's a way it's a Batman movie we haven't seen before. Uh, and I really hope they pull it off because I like superhero movies in general, but there's a good chance that they're going to fuck this shit up. Yep. It's a DC movie. It's going to be terrible. I will let you go watch it. You can report back of how absolutely ridiculous and horrible it is. And then I'll never watch it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which is apparently what's going to happen with the new mutants. Cause the reviews for it have been pretty fucking bad so far. So I think you're going to see that on a streaming uh, service sooner rather than later. Yeah, I have no interest in that one. I don't even know what the fuck the New Mutants are. Oh, that one's actually a cool story. Uh, the way they did it's kind of weird. But the New Mutants are basically a group of uh, teenage uh, mutants that the X-Men take in and train 
uh, at their school. You're familiar with the X-Men. They have their school for mutants and shit like that. Well, the new mutants are like a new group of those. Uh, they call them like X-Men Junior almost. Yep, sounds terrible. And the <laughs> reviews sound about right. Uh, I have no clue how they did the powers uh, on screen for some of these guys, but if they did them correctly, they'd be interesting. Uh, but I kind of doubt that as well. <laughs> so, like you said, the reviews are pretty bad. Um, hopefully it does okay. I wouldn't mind seeing some more of the characters. You know what else is pretty bad? What's that, sir? There's an actual group out there called Christians Against Dinosaurs. Well, they're winning, so... <laughs> They got that going for them. Uh, but tell me more, sir. Well, I don't necessarily know if they are winning because they're trying to say that dinosaurs have never existed. And no. there is a group of them trying to get a uh, a T-Rex sculpture removed from a McDonald's in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, well, oh, okay, this is a little bit different. I thought this was like a group of Christians that went down and tracked down dinosaurs and remove them from our world as in you know like kill them and such so in which case i thought they were winning because i don't see any dinosaurs but so they they deny the existence of dinosaurs and are going around the country trying to uh remove evidence of them huh yeah and they're they're super offended by this one and they've they've said and i quote it seems to me that every dinosaur story and display or dinosaur themed event is furthering the myth that the earth is much older than the Bible said it is. Yes, the dinosaur should go unless they're willing to compromise with a plaque of some kind stating that it's a, it's a fictional character. <laughs> uh, religious people are fun. Uh, it's, it's just so fucking goddamn silly. Okay, they refuse to believe that the world is billions and billions of years old. Uh, well, how about this? If you can't believe that, can't you believe that God put like, I, I, you know, actually, I think this is something I've heard uh, from them that they believe that God put those bones there, even though the world's only like 5,000 years old or however old they fucking think it is. They think God made the world with dinosaur bones. Yes. God faked carbon dating as a test of faith. I think. Are you saying God? Are you saying I couldn't do that? Yeah. Yeah. I know it's it's funny. Well, it's hard to argue with people like that because you you have to agree God can do anything. Supposedly, I mean, if there is a God, you, know, you pretty much has to be able to do anything ever anything because otherwise he couldn't have pulled all this shit off. Uh, so it's perfectly logical that God could have made dinosaur bones. I mean, if you believe in God and you find dinosaur bones, well, there you go. That's the only thing it could possibly be. I just don't get why they fixate on thinking that you know the the world is so much younger than it really is. I haven't read enough of the Bible to understand why that's relevant to them. It's like, why can't they believe that the earth was created billions of years ago and Jesus Christ was around 5,000 years ago or whatever it was, or 2,000? Uh, you know, I don't see why those two things uh, oppose each other so much for some people. Well, so there's, I think there's a split because there's also some of the, uh, there's some Christians out there that have the argument that dinosaurs are real, but people existed at that time and actually roamed the earth with the dinosaurs. Oh, that's even crazier than thinking there aren't any dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, some levels, you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, yes and no. So I think it fits their logic a little bit better because if you think of like the Bible and everything else, 
Like there's the entire story that, you know, God created the earth and at the same time created Adam and Eve. Oh, is that so why they if there at... are dinosaur bones and everything and these fossils, well, people had to exist because they were there when the earth started and they believe that dinosaurs were actually around. So it just turns out that people were there the entire time. Oh, okay. Well, that also explains to me why the uh, the other set doesn't believe in dinosaurs at all. I was trying to figure that out. You reminded me of the entire Adam and Eve and, or, you know, and the fact that they think man has always been around since the Earth started. So there couldn't be anything older than fucking us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That makes a little more sense. It's still fucking stupid, but <laughs> at least yeah, there's a little well, more logic it, to their stupidity. And the problem with arguing with the entire religious idea is... They will always back you into having to prove a negative, which isn't possible. Mm -hmm. It's well, like yeah, me. It... It's like me saying, "Hey Jay, you're a pedophile," and you go, "No, I'm not." And I'm like, well, "Okay, prove you don't fuck kids." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's why the burden of proof is always on the prosecution, uh, <laughs> because otherwise you get exactly that. And the other problem with arguing with religious people is a lot of them use circular logic. You know, this is why this is right because this is right, and that's right because this is right. Basically, the only intelligence guy can do anything that answers any argument. Yes, it's the MMA math of religion. <laughs> Very true. What else you got today, sir? Uh, so an update. We were just talking about all of the COVID uh, cases at the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Well, the school just uh, sent notice to all of the professors and have warned them that they need to keep their fucking mouth shut. Uh, do you mean keep their mouth shut as in, you know, making sure they don't expose people to the, the COVID or keep their mouth shut as in they're not supposed to be talking about this shit? Yeah, they've been reminded uh, that they're not to discuss the situation in classrooms or in public. And to keep students in the dark, if any faculty were to become aware of anybody actually contracting the virus hmm. and the, uh, the people in charge of the university just wanted to make it known to the professors that, you know, even if a student is positive for COVID, there is nothing to be alarmed for as long as they are wearing a mask. Which is only partially true. I mean, I, you know, yeah, that helps a lot. And if you're both wearing masks, that, that helps a lot as well. But it brings it from like, you know, what you consider 100% chance down to about a 10% chance. That's not a 0% well, chance, though. Yeah, and there's also the entire idea that if you have that shit, you should be quarantining, quarantining yeah. yourself. Yeah, not just wearing a mask and going out and about and doing shit. Yeah, like the mask helps. It helps you, it helps the other person when you're both wearing them. Like it cuts it down quite a bit. But if you're actually fucking sick, it doesn't mean you can just throw on the mask and just go about your day. Like you should, you know, actually be a responsible human. Exactly. Yeah. And shit. Fucking, I know it's different over here at my job, but fucking, you know, um, we don't play that shit at all. If, if you're positive, you stay home uh, and, you know, you have to get like a, a negative test and we have, you have to actually wait a certain amount of days after that before we we'll let you come back. It's like a 10 day process or some shit like that. If someone were to get sick here, uh, we don't, we, we, we don't play around to the fact that, uh, our, one of my bosses took a vacation for a week this week, uh, for his birthday and he left the state. So when he came back, he had to take a test in quarantine for a couple of days before we will let him come back to work. <laughs> 
Which, I mean, uh, it makes sense for, like, your job. It doesn't necessarily make sense for all jobs, but yours, right. especially, like, the majority of your clientele are the people most at risk. So you guys right. should be very, very strict, which it sounds like you are. Yeah, oh, yeah, we are super, yeah. We try anyways. You, you, you catch people violating here and there, and the managers give them shit. So it's we're it's pretty uh, fucking locked down here. You know, with uh, everybody gets checked in, every single person that comes into our building gets a temperature check and has to fill out a little questionnaire you know, saying, uh, no, you haven't been out of state. No, you don't have diarrhea. No, you don't have a cough. You know, and a couple other things. No, you haven't associated with anybody who's uh, COVID positive. And yeah, and then everyone's supposed to wear masks inside the uh, building. Uh, that's uh, the both the employees, uh, delivery people, contractors, and the members. The members, we, you know, some some of the older ones, it's hard to get them to do it. Uh, mostly, a lot, a lot of that's because nobody's staying in their building. Uh, there's no dining inside, so everyone has to go outside. Uh, and once you're at your table, obviously, you don't have to wear your mask because you got to eat. But a lot of the older members forget to put it on while they're walking through the building to the table in the back. Uh, but that's our biggest uh, issue that we've had problems with. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like you guys are doing your best, especially considering the the clientele and the situation. So, right, you're definitely oh. doing better than the University of Alabama. Well, I assume a lot of people can say that. <laughs> I would, I would fucking hope so, because it sounds like they're a goddamn train wreck. Yeah, well, you know what? And there's, but all these other colleges that are opening up their physical campuses, there's, they're not probably going to be that far behind them. Let's be honest with you. Uh, I believe that we do need to open up at some point and uh, we, while still taking precautions. So I it, I don't know what to do about this thing because it's what's going to happen with every college and pretty much every school when they go back to being, you know, uh, non-online classes. Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily understand the whole gigantic push behind trying to get kids back into schools. I know um, it's important and everything as far as like socialization and all that. And it's easier on the parents, but like with the way things are still going, like it just seems like a bad idea at the moment. Yeah. I can understand that side of it. Um, and not having kids, I don't really feel like I have a worthy opinion, but I'm assuming that for a lot of the uh, middle to lower middle class, um, they need the kids to go back to school just because they fucking can't afford to like have people watch them. They both parents are at school or at work every day. Uh, so if they're being, you know, online schooling, the, the, I, I don't know how would that would work. Do they have there? They'd have to have a babysitter with them all day while they're at school, I guess. Right. Yeah. I'd like, I know it is what it is uh, to steal a, a euphemism from our, our friend of the show, Max Holloway. But <laughs> Ah, it's uh, there's no good answers, I guess. Yeah. So I once again, I'm glad I don't have kids because that's rough for that's not just rough for a little bit of people. That's rough for the vast majority of our country. Uh, very few people uh, can afford to have a full time uh, babysitter. You know, um, forty hours a week or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's rough on, on people just to have uh, be able to cover the couple hours after school before um, parents get home in a lot of a lot of cases. Yeah, just uh, part of it shows just how how fucked up really our society is, right? Like you're almost encouraged to settle down, have kids, but we are so married to fucking working in the society. And I mean, it's not just us. There's quite a few across the world, but like it shows that if we do not have the structure 
of being able to pawn kids off at school and like all of these other things it just like completely ruined some people yeah and uh fucking very few companies are really really willing to deal with that and help out their employees um united shore which is where my wife worked for a while before he moved over to the country club was pretty impressive in that regard um they're a shady company in other ways that, I, that we'll talk about probably some other show uh, but they're they treat their employees really good on the surface they have uh, i've told you about it before they have a million of different amenities they have a grocery store inside their uh building so in case you need to pick shit up they've got like uh, miniature golf they have trails bike trails on their property with bikes that you can take uh like it's like a basketball court just fucking a lot of ridiculous things and they, they are on the surface they're very rah-rah pro-employees um some of their business tactics using their employees are sort of meh but like i said we'll go about that another day um but the point i was trying to make one of the things they did was buy a building and set up a daycare uh, center basically a separate business like across the street from their building so that people could drop off their kids there and then come to work uh, like you know fucking across the street to make it as convenient as possible. And I always thought that was a cool thing because I imagine that's got to be a rough thing for uh, a lot of parents, especially when the kids aren't ready to go to school for eight, six hours a day. Yeah, it's... Again, I, I guess I just don't understand that part about society, like how how reliant we are on on other people to take care of our fucking kids while we go put in, you know, 40 plus hours a week at a job. Right. And it didn't used to be like that. Obviously, uh, my mom, I called her, called her the last of the housewives because uh, she never worked. Um, that's not true. She actually got a part time job for a couple months once but decided it wasn't worth it. Uh, she she stayed at home, and watched the four kids. And my stepdad was the only one that worked. And he worked his fucking ass off. Uh, I've had a lot of problems with that man. And obviously, at this point, you know, I can say I'm not a fan, but I will give him credit. He worked like a motherfucker, you know, as a uh he did, as I've mentioned before, he installed sewer systems. Uh, uh, he didn't work on used ones, thank God. He installed new sewer systems, mostly under a new uh, residential uh, suburbs that were being made. Uh, and all he did all day was dig trenches. He did, There wasn't a machine operator. All he did was like uh, work a shovel for like 12 hours a day. Um, so, and that, that guy had a great work ethic. It's just too bad the rest of him was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, well, the sad part about like where we've where we've really come as a as a nation is the fact over the last you know 30 40 years it's gotten to the point that if you are a middle class like level salary you can't get by on one salary and have kids like that's no. just not a thing anymore no and kids get more expensive every year uh that's one thing i've noticed too there's all these things that you're required to buy for your kid that just weren't a thing when we were kids you know, um, I see people talking about what's the good age to buy their, their kid, their first phone, you know, and they're like, I don't know, seven, eight, 10. I'm like, you're going to spend a thousand dollars on a fucking 10 year old. Holy shit. <laughs> That's yeah, I, it's, I, it's, it's crazy the way it's gotten. And like, just, I don't know. Like, is it a good thing that we've gotten to the point where to even have a kid and be able to like have a place to live like you have to have both parents working unless one is pulling in like six figures. Like that's just, I don't know. Is that good? Like just no, for things but, moving forward. No, but it's the way life is now. There's really not no going back. Really. You'd have to figure out some way to give people massive, uh, raises. And of course, where all that would do is just, uh, fuck up the economy. 
uh, same thing as like when the people talked about raising the minimum wage. Well, the higher you raise their minimum wage, the more expensive things are going to be. That's just the fucking way it works. Well, yes and no. There are things you can do. Like the problem is, is the is just the wage inequality we have, like where all of the wealth is concentrated up top. Like that's where you have to attack it. But that's never going to be a thing because they hold all the power. So that's a thing, right? And I'm literally. And- Yes, it would be nice to have that work out that way, but honestly, I would feel not right about like removing money from rich people that they earned. I mean, they did earn it. I mean, fucking, it's it's not like they w- w- ran around stealing it from people. They you know, had built up their business and probably worked hard and you know uh, made sacrifices so that they could make their company successful or however they got rich. So you know, um, part of me doesn't think it's right to take money from them just because they were successful. But you are right. There's, you know, getting it from the other end doesn't work at all. Yeah, I have thoughts around that. Like, there are just things that don't make sense. Like you, and especially with with big business the way it is. Like, I'm sorry, those CEOs do not deserve as much money as they're getting. They really don't. Like it you is weird. Say, yes, they're the absolute best at what they do, but I'm sorry, it's not worth that much money. Yeah, so, I mean, there's one yeah. thing to say, say that the owner of a company doesn't deserve a, a, a boatload of money. He's the owner. He started it. It's his. CEO is not normally the owner at this. Well, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. When it isn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense for their exorbitant uh, salaries. Um, cause I, well, but I guess the argument for for that would be if they don't pay them that they'll go someplace else where someone will. Uh, I mean, obviously the, the wages are what the market is at, so to speak. It's a ridiculous amount of money. And obviously I don't think they deserve it, but that's how the market's set. So I don't, you know, like if you just went up and said, okay, I'm the owner of this company. We're not going to pay our CEOs more than a hundred thousand a year. All the competent CEOs would be like, no, I'm not interested. Well, they would once all of the businesses did that. Right. But the, like, that's think- where you, that's where you end up having to enact change is having something, whether it be, you know, some sort of percentage that, you know, like top level executive pay cannot be, you know, X number higher than your lowest paid employee or something like that, or your median employee or your average employee or whatever, whatever metric you're going to use, adding yeah. some sort of cap to that. Yeah, yeah. I see on the uh, chat box that someone mentioned CEOs are often traded if they fail. They fail sideways into the same job someplace else, which uh, I don't follow that stuff, but that sounds likely. Yeah, and they all have fucking golden parachutes anyway, so they get removed and they get another, you know, $20 million worth of stock that they can, you know, pawn off and then go work someplace else. Like, it's, it's a fixed game, and I hate to say that, like, especially because I'm not even necessarily in the place to, you know, be complaining about this, right? Like, I'm doing well, not doing as well as like CEOs in any stretch of the imagination, but I'm not struggling to get by. It's just you see how these things work. And the closer you get to these like executive people, you find out how, how remarkably average they really are. Right. I can see what you're saying with that. So like somebody yeah, it, at the very bottom, they might think of this mythical person like as a senior level executive, like 
oh my god, they must be an absolute forward-thinking genius. And they're really not. Yeah, I do no. deal with these people, and they're they are they are remarkably average. They've just gotten ahead, and then once you get in that position, you're kind of just set. Yeah, I can imagine, and, and you know, I deal with rich people every day, so not all, and some of them are remarkable people, and some of them are just people of money. Um, if you get yeah, to the station, the vast majority are remarkably average. Now there are the crazy, mad geniuses out there. Like you start, we were talking about Elon Musk the other day. Like this guy's figured out how to, you know, launch things into space, and is implanting computers into living animals. Like. Yeah, okay. That guy should probably be a billionaire. <laughs> but for every one of those, there is a thousand CEOs out there that are just getting by the day to day, fucking, you know, making company wide speeches and, you know, just getting handed reports on how things are going. Right, right. I can understand that. And as you mentioned before, it's. <clears throat> They're getting paid pretty sizable salaries for something that doesn't seem on the surface of it like a difficult job. And uh, I can't say that I'm not jealous in certain ways. Both me and my wife work our fucking asses off and we don't make shit, really. <laughs> yeah, we're struggling with money right now. I've been talking with her about the, our spending habits because fucking well, I don't want to go into it. But yeah, it's not awesome. Uh, and, you know, and I know my job's not saving lives or anything really important. But I also know that my job's not fucking easy. Um <laughs> And my wife, uh, fucking her job's not easy either. She cleans fucking bathrooms. She's the locker room manager, but right now uh, none of her staff is there because there's no, not enough traffic. So she's doing everything herself. So she works her ass off too. Um, and I'd like to think that we deserve more money than we have, especially compared to some of those executive people. It's like you said, a lot of them just basically, you know, kind of lucked into the position and now that's where they are. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't know. I, Maybe that makes me the the bad misinformed guy, but I just know in dealing with a lot of these people that are in these positions, like they don't deserve the kind of money they're making. Like, yes, they are very good at what they do, but they are not, you know, 10 times better at what they do as the person directly below them. Yeah, I know what you're saying. <sighs> Clarence, so uh, homelanders like go work in a fucking coal mine for fuck's sake. So, yeah, dude, there's a lot of coal mines over here in the Detroit area. A rich history of coal mining over in Detroit. Aren't there only <laughs> like seven of those left in the world anyway? I don't know. I know people people have been working against coal for fucking ever. I think the only major use of coal right now is some electrical uh, uh, plants uh, here and there. Yeah, I think those are definitely going going away. Over this time. house used to. This house used to have a uh, coal burning stove. Uh, way back in the day, as I, as I mentioned before, before, my house was built in 1930. So at least here, over here in the United States area, it's an older house. Um, I the only reason I know that it had coal is because there's a, a, a chimney in my basement that nothing's attached to anymore. Um, it was it was what the one they used for the coal burning stove uh, for when they put it in like a modern uh, electro electrical furnace rather. Uh, it. Uh, they use a whole nother uh, chimney later on. Uh, the reason I know it's coal is because there's a little flap at the bottom of the fucking chimney. So one day when uh, we someone was fucking with plumbing and, and uh, fucked up something in the basement without realizing it and started a leak, uh, my my basement flooded only about two or three inches up. But that was enough to get into that little gray uh, uh, hatch at the bottom of the uh, chimney. 
which is when we found out that it was filled full of coal uh, dust because it fucking it drained all the coal dust out of there and spread it out among the basement floor. And holy fuck, dude, it was months of cleaning to get all that fucking coal dust up off the uh, floor uh, after it dried fucking anytime you walk down there, you know, you're, the bottom of your feet were fucking black. It was it was a pain in the goddamn ass, dude. Well, that's what you get for your thirty thousand dollar house. <laughs> Thirty-eight thousand dollars in undervalued. Under I say that, but really, uh, I had to put enough money into it to make it livable. That was at least a sixty thousand dollar house. Ah, uh-huh, likely story. <laughs> you and your Honda Civic of a home, Jay. Hey, 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 hey. you know, um, it's more expensive a Honda Civic. This is a Cadillac Escalade. I mean, almost exactly the price of a Cadillac Escalade. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous even for here in Michigan where we have cheaper home prices in a lot of areas because uh, every other house on my house, on my block is worth somewhere between one hundred eighty and $300,000. Even mine's worth like somewhere between one hundred and one hundred and forty now. I'm surprised you haven't flipped it and went and lived in your RV that you want to get because, you know, you're a big camper. <laughs> yeah, God, I'm still trying to talk my wife out of that one. I have no desire to go camping. I like the concept of an RV for travel. Like if you want to go across the country and see things, have a, a, a nice RV. So if you happen to want to you know, pull over and sleep and there's no hotels handy, or if you don't have, or if you're not rich and you don't want to spend like $200 on a hotel every night, fucking it'd be nice to have an RV and travel for that. But I don't want to go out in the woods and fucking camp. That's not a thing for me at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely good on not camping. And if I get an RV, I'm going to have to, you know, buy myself a, a midget or someone to be a driver because yeah i, I don't want to deal with that either i just want to be able to relax yeah well that's kind of how that's kind of how i felt about it as well i told my wife that oh, sorry to put down a dog i told my wife that she'll be doing most of the driving anyways i don't like driving long distances it's not my thing and she doesn't doesn't care so in a perfect world i'd like to have an rv uh, at least big enough to be the type where you drive it as opposed to the ones that you pull behind you because i just want to kick back in the rv while she's driving <laughs> Hey, I'm uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm not a big fan of super long drives. I'm not a fan of camping. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I need a driver and a nice hotel. Well, I mean, if it's a decent sized RV, you don't, you know, I can get by about the hotel room. Uh, I don't wouldn't mind that too much. Although it would have to be an RV to my standards. The big thing to do is you need to find a bed where it doesn't have like a wall at the foot of the bed because a lot of them are cocked sideways like that. So. uh we had that conversation before, so I would I can't use those. It's got to be a bed that's uh, runs straight up and down the line of the uh, RV, so that I can hang my feet uh, off the bed. Because if you can't hang your feet off the bed, I can't use that bed. Yeah, gigantism problems, Jay. Gigantism <laughs> problems. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Well, shit, dude. It looks like that's a show for the day. Um, I'd like to thank the OG Army for showing up. I appreciate you guys. I also want to thank my co-host, Big Dalton. I appreciate you too, sir. Uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, so a couple things. Uh, we have fights again this weekend. It is literally an every weekend thing now. I think the card might be a little bit better because I think the uh, Oven St. Prue fight against Menafield was rescheduled for for this coming Saturday. So that'll be something. Everybody also can watch idly by as I make every single fight pick correctly again. I guess I'm just got goddamn good. Yeah, well, Bukaki still got a little bit of lead on you, but there's I think three events left, so there's still any person's game. 
Yeah, that was all because that first event was bugged. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I, I uh, still am hanging my hat on that. The first one didn't work correctly. That's the only reason any of you bastards had a chance. So I will take care of that eventually. And until then, fuck all y'all. <laughs> you guys have a great night. We'll see everybody tomorrow at 6. Bye-bye. Hehehehe <laughs>